welcome to another edition of the Second and Goal Fantasy Podcast. I'm Calvin, your host, back here with your co-host, Chris, the fantasy expert. And in today's show, as the NFL Draft is just a few days away, it's only three days away from the release of this episode, we'll be doing our final NFL Draft preview episode, discussing the rookie tight ends entering this class. We'll be discussing the five main guys. There's really only three main guys, but we added two to this list as well to discuss. We'll be evaluating them for you guys, discussing uh, their traits, all of that, like we've been doing for the other positions over the last three weeks. And then after that, we'll just be recapping the draft players in general that we like or dislike in this uh, in this draft. The guys that we've talked about over the last few weeks that we um, like or dislike compared to their consensus ranking, not necessarily as a player, but just compared to where they're ranked in for dynasty leagues and for just in general talent rankings. Chris is back. I'm ready to go. I think this is going to be a fun episode. And uh, yeah, this wraps up our draft previews. I'm really excited for the draft. Yeah, me too. I'm super excited to uh, see what the draft gives us because there's a lot of interesting uh, names, a lot of different opportunities every year in the draft. And so definitely one of the best times of the year. My birthday is the 28th. The draft is the 29th. You know, it's a good two day, few two days for me. And I'm really hoping that my Giants mm-hmm. don't screw this up like they've done a few times on past occasions. Cough, cough, DeAndre Baker. Well, I mean, I thought you liked Gettleman, though. I thought I thought you. I do, but remember, do you remember when the Giants traded up seven spots to in, back into the first round to be able to draft DeAndre Baker? Uh, yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> that one did end up too well, but I think the Giants are going to be better this year. Just watch out, guys! Watch out, they're going to be good. All right, sounds good. I will. Uh, I'll trust you on that. I think the NFC East in general will be able, a lot better this year. But yeah, I mean, I think the Giants should be good as well. They've got a nice little roster that they're building around. But we're back here, episode sixty-six. We got a piece of news to get into. Then we have a mailbag question, which uh, we're getting a couple of lately, which is nice. And then after that, we'll be discussing the tight ends. So. Yep. Let's hop into the news. And this is big. The Kansas City Chiefs, after tearing apart their offensive line, releasing Mitchell Schwartz and Eric Fisher, uh, decided to rebuild it, signing Joe Thune to a long-term deal, which you guys probably already know about. But a trade that just went down a few days ago is also really huge for their offensive line. The uh, Baltimore Ravens sent away offensive tackle Orlando Brown, who is in the last year of his contract to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Baltimore receives a 2022 first, 2021 first, 2021 third, and 2021 fourth, and a 2022 fifth. The Chiefs get Brown and Baltimore's 2021 second and a 2022 sixth. So this is an absolutely huge trade. And I think this is definitely good for the Ravens because it didn't look like the Ravens were going to re-sign Orlando Brown. I believe the Chiefs will try to get him on a new deal, but um, this is also huge for Patrick Mahomes, for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, especially for his running, outside running. That'll hopefully help his development. Yeah, I think this trade is actually a win for both teams because uh, the Chiefs are going to be able to play Orlando Brown at left tackle, which is where I think he should be playing. It's just obviously the Ravens already had Ronnie Stanley and the Ravens get rid of some tension. It was definitely, it was looking like it might end up boiling over in a case of, uh, who's the, uh, uh, Trent Williams. It was looking like it was boiling into a case sort of of that. And uh, I think that it's really good that to have, to have a, solid offensive lineman left tackle for the Kansas City Chiefs because as we saw in the Super Bowl, they struggled to protect Patrick Mahomes. And Orlando Brown is really, really talented. They'll be able to get him to a new deal. And while I think they maybe could have gotten him for a little bit of a price and I would have liked it if they didn't give up so much, I think it's worth it for them because the offensive line is a massive positional need for them. 
Yeah, and then, then Brown is a left tackle, which is the most important spot on the offensive line, the spot where the players get paid the most. And he made clear on January 29th, tweeting that he, I'm a left tackle, which started the rumors that he was going to be traded, which he eventually mm-hmm. was because Ronnie Stanley is already a left tackle for Baltimore. Yep. All right. So that wraps it up. I mean, yeah, this is good. I agree. It's a win for both teams. Although, I mean, because Orlando Brown's only on a one-year uh, deal, I mean, I do feel like the Chiefs may have paid a lot, especially since they should have had leverage in this. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, let's get into the mailbag. And this question is a Twitter question. You can add us on Twitter at SGF pod. And uh, we'll assume it's for the podcast that way. This is from Hutchinson Brown on Twitter at T Y F M N F L who hosts the young fantasy mind football podcast, which I'm subscribed to. And you guys should go check it out. It's a really good mm-hmm. podcast. He's yep. about five se- episodes in and uh, he's, about our age he's 14 um so you guys should go check that out chris is turning 15 on april Mm -hmm. 28th like he mentioned i'm already 15 so yeah he's about our age go check out that out subscribe wherever you listen Mm -hmm. all right so he says at calvin underscore sgf at sgf pod do you expect to see any sort of breakout from jalen rager next year he's a guy i've really been struggling with as i'm starting to put together some rankings and how could philly's pick at 12 affect those breakout chances love all your work keep it up um, so yeah, this is interesting. I don't know if I really expect a breakout from Jalen Rager just because I was sort of, I mean, I was hoping that he would show more in his rookie year for sure. Obviously there were some questions beyond his speed. Like he really did have problems catching the football at TCU in his final year in college. His speed was good, but this felt like just a reach for a team that was looking for like the next Tyree kill. So I don't know if I'm looking for too much of a breakout. I'm probably not that big of a Jalen Rager guy next year. Yeah, I think so as well. I just think that his talent wasn't quite there. And while, yes, there was a lot of moving parts in that Philadelphia Eagles, there was lots of, there was a new quarterback change, obviously. And, you know, there were some coaching issues with Doug Peterson that a lot of people weren't happy with how he was calling plays. But I really just think that the biggest thing limiting Jalen Rager was his talent. And so while I think that this could turn into a Nelson Aguilar type story where he just needs a season or two to progress, just get a little bit more comfortable in the league and going against NFL defense backs, I don't trust him to develop into some number one wide receiver. And that's why I think that the Eagles are going to be looking towards wide receiver very possibly at number 12. So I think that if they do select the number one wide receiver, like say a Devontae Smith, if he falls to them, I think that would actually be really good for Rager because it, it would, it would take some of the pressure off of him and allow him to just kind of to sort of grow as a receiver and not have, not have this spotlight on him where he's the number one guy and has to perform because right now he definitely doesn't have that ability. So while, you know, it's going to take away from a few of his targets if they draft a new guy, I think that in the long run, especially in Dynasty, which is where I actually have him, I think it'll be helpful if they go ahead and draft a wide receiver. And thank you for all the nice things, Hutchins, uh, in about you, uh, commenting about our podcast. Yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with you. I just don't think Jalen Rager is wide receiver one material. And I do think it would help him if they take a wide receiver at 12, but that's also going to close the book on his potential to be like an insane breakout next year, just because, I mean, he had, they, I mean, it's, it would be very telling as well because it would show, I mean, he only had one year and if they take a wide receiver, it's already showed that they recognize that they screwed up, not taking Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And only catching 57% of his targets. That's just a number that's good enough for a wide receiver one. And uh, he also didn't show that sort of connection with Jalen Hurts that I really wanted to see. He had a, he just was a little bit lackluster, just wasn't catching many of his passes. And, you know, it just seems like, like, I don't trust Jalen Hurts to be that guy that's going to 
have a consistent wide receiver one or like to be launching the ball deep, you know, to Jalen Rager a lot, which I think he's mainly going to play as a deep threat. So uh, I don't love Jalen Rager. I'm probably going to shy away from him in redraft uh, just because I think that his stock could eat or he could eat very easily, but just because he's not that talented. Mm-hmm. All right. So, uh, yeah, I think that just about covers it. I don't think either of us particularly believe in him as a player or as a fantasy asset. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's always a chance. Obviously, he has tremendous speed. But mm-hmm. yep. uh, let's look at the tight end rookie preview. So we got five guys we're talking about. But for redraft leagues, there's only one you need to worry about. For dynasty, there's probably three. And then there's two that are really long shots that you might want to take a look at. So we'll talk about all five of those guys right now. And, um, yeah, we'll start with the number one tight end. And this guy, I mean, we're not exaggerating. He is, he may be the best tight end prospect we've ever seen. Biggest mm-hmm. wingspan out of any tight end we've ever seen, I believe. It's Kyle Pitts. I think he's, I believe, six foot six out of Florida. And he is absolutely tremendous at the 50-50 ball. Tremendous. He mm-hmm. is great at just making those contested catches, high pointing the football, coming down with it, and just being able to secure it. Just throw it up to him and he'll go get it. Incredibly athletic, underrated as a blocker. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something that people knock him for, but he actually is a quite good blocker. People just forget about that because he's just such a good pass catcher. And he made Kyle Trask look really, really good at Florida. And um, I mean, yeah, he was a double team threat on any play you had to double team him on every play in college and in NFL the NFL I expect him to do the same you just don't see tight ends hit this athletic come around that often yeah and I mean what is there not to like about Kyle Pitts he's extremely athletic his playmaking ability is incredible he's got great speed great route route running he's an incredible red zone target massive wig span great height and he's a good blocker I mean this is the best tight end prospect we've ever seen the only one comparable hit to him was Vernon Davis, and Vernon Davis ended up having a really good, nice, long career. So uh, I think the good things are in store for Kyle Pitts. And this is the thing, too. He's a very uh, versatile player, too. He can run at wide receiver. Obviously, he's listed as a tight end, but he definitely has the uh, skill set to be able to run pretty much anywhere, whether you want him, even in the slot. I mean, outside receiver, tight end. He can pretty much do it all. So I think that he's going to be a difference maker. And I think that he's going to be labeled as a top three um, non-quarterback player pretty much on every team's board. Or I think he should be listed. Yeah, way. I think so for sure. Draft wise, he might even be the number one non-quarterback on some team's mm-hmm. board, but yeah. I mean, I'm interested. This is interesting for rookie drafts. There's a lot of disparity to where people like Kyle Pitts, and it's all going to depend on landing spot a lot. But I mean, a lot of people do feel like Kyle Pitts, is really like, I mean, I've seen people who only think like Najee Harris and then Kyle Pitts, like Kyle Pitts is the 102 in non-superflex leagues. And then I've also seen people or it's like Najee Harris, Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Travis Etienne, Javante, Javante Williams, and then maybe like Elijah Moore and then Kyle Pitts or actually probably not Elijah Moore, but maybe like Terrace Marshall or Rashad Bateman and then Kyle Pitts. So it's going to be interesting. I don't think he slips past the mid first round in any rookie drafts. But, I mean, you just got to assess your league mates. If there's a lot of people hyping him up as a top uh, two, top three pick, I wouldn't go after him just because his immediate impact might be questionable just because that's how it is in general for tight ends. But if he slips to the mid-first round, I mean, definitely take a chance on him. Get him low for people who are scared of that because in a couple of years, he will certainly be top, probably a top three fantasy tight end. I would say certainly. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, he his future is so bright, and he that, like I said, I mean, because of how versatile he is, he can fit into almost every single offense. If he goes to a team with like a really good quarterback or like a a solid enough quarterback, like even I'd count Tua Tagovailoa as a solid quarterback. Or I mean, if he falls to someone like the Giants, even the Lions with Jared Goff, like those are all places where I'd feel comfortable with him going, just because they have a, a kind of a solidified quarterback situation at least at the moment. I think that he's going to be able to step in and perform from day one. Yeah, I mean, he, he, if anyone's going to break that trend of tight ends not performing from day one, it is Kyle Pitts. And it, I really depend. It really depends on what situation he's drafted in. Like, I mean, if he's, I don't know. I feel like if he's in, like, goes to the Lions, which is very possible, goes in a two tight end set with T.J. Hawkinson, that's not going to be somewhere where he's going to immediately produce, just because we know that T.J. Hawkinson can handle a workload. But if he goes to somewhere where he's just the guy, like. I mean, he probably wouldn't be that guy in Atlanta or Cincinnati, but he would be the only tight end there. So he'd be playing most of the snaps. And if that happens, I expect him to, in a couple of games, just start to get used to the NFL and just be open. Like, not just that the team's trying to force feed him the ball. He's just going to be open so much that he will get the ball. Yeah, definitely. Uh And this this just comes down to a talent thing. He is so talented that he can, he can fit any, he fits any need, like, at any sort of wide receiver or pass catcher place that a team needs. So, and he's going to be one of the focuses of that offense. Defensive coordinators are going to have to put him into their game plan. He's going to be an impact player. And so uh, he's definitely my number one tight end. Yeah. There's no question. I have literally, I know Twitter loves to be hot takey. Never seen anyone with Kyle Pitts, not as tight end one. Mm-hmm, yep. I mean, I, I'm always, I, I'm all for encouraging opinions against consensus but, like, if you don't have Kyle Pitts as number one, I'm not going to trust you as an analyst, and that's just... <laughs> yeah, me neither. There, There is a, some debate over number two, though, and it's, I think, you're looking for, like, if you believe that athleticism is alone is the factor, which I think, I mean, tight ends, dominator rating, which is, like, how, ma- how many yards and touchdowns percentage of the... Compared to the percentage of their team's yards and touchdowns, or how, what percentage of the tight the yards and touchdowns came to from that tight end, that's like a good indicator. Athleticism in general is also a good indicator of how they'll do in the NFL. Like recent examples, Darren Waller, George Kittle, people, I mean, they didn't break out right away. People maybe had their doubts, but their athleticism was off the charts and then they broke out in a big way. So that sort of comes into the decision of who you have at number two. And that's why some people have Brevin Jordan out of Miami. And some people have Pat Fryermuth, Fryermuth, I think is actually how you say it, out of Penn State. So, um, it's interesting. I think Fryermuth is the more complete tight end, but Jordan is the guy with the higher ceiling. Neither of these guys you have to worry about in redraft, but they'll probably go in the second or third round of the NFL draft, which makes them worth a shot in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much all I've got to say. I'm not as knowledgeable about the tight end prospects as I am some other positions, but uh, – I feel like the tight end position, it's something that you really don't want to be going after, at least in dynasty rookie drafts for me until in the later rounds, because I feel like tight ends can be so wishy-washy in terms of how good they end up being. And I think a lot of the later guys are guys you're going to find that end up doing really well. And for me, when I'm looking at tight ends, one of the things I'm actually most looking at is speed and athleticism. Like I love a tight end with good hands. Like if you want to, if you see a tight end that, I mean, obviously a guy, a good example of pure hands pretty much is Kyle Rudolph, but uh, I'd much rather have a super fast athletic guy, which Kyle Pitts is is pretty much everything that we talk about, but uh, I'd much rather have a guy with Kyle Pitts' athleticism and speed than I would um, 
his hands and red zone ability, just because I think that teams are going to be able to use him or that, that style of tight end in a lot more uh, ways than they would be able to someone that's really just a pure red zone target, though both can be good. I mean, you've got both sides of the equation. Evan Ingram is still, even though he's bad, I know he's bad, but he's still a solid fantasy option compared to someone like Jared Cook, who purely relied on touchdowns, but still managed to be a somewhat good option, you know? So for me, the tight end position is too hard to guess, and I'm not willing to waste a second rounder or something in my dynasty rookie draft on, on tight end. I'm waiting, waiting until at least the uh, late third round or maybe just letting them go undrafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean... Kyle Pitts tends to be more the exception in terms of tight ends because that's when you get a guy that's like a sure thing at tight end like him, you have to go after it. But there's just like mm-hmm. so many that are not. And these are like, it's kind of the same story with four and five, like Friar Muth versus Jordan. I mean, Hunter Long at four at a Boston College is more of a well-rounded guy. He's His athleticism is something that is definitely a concern for him. But uh, mm-hmm. that's probably the main thing. So I wouldn't really be going after him just because of that like predictive ability of that athleticism alone. But then Tommy Tremble out of Notre Dame, he is not very polished at all, but he his athleticism is what makes some people have him as a deep tight end sleeper. So just keep an eye on him. But yeah, I, I don't think I'm really going to mess around with the tight ends outside of Kyle Pitts and definitely not outside of the top three. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So that's all for tight ends, but we're going to go over after that. This does not end the episode. Don't worry. This is not a 15 minute episode. We're mm-hmm. going to be doing the are talking about our players we like and dislike compared to their consensus rankings. And just because we put someone in the dislike column does not mean we dislike them as a player. I put Travis Etienne in the dislike column. I have him as my RB3. I really, really like Etienne. He is a very, very patient runner. He's super, super explosive, and he can outrun just about anyone. But a lot of people have him as the RB2 and RB1, and I just think there are enough flaws with him to where I don't really think that Travis Etienne is going to be a superstar in the NFL I think he could with a good offensive line, but there's that caveat to it. Like if he has a bad offensive line, he could definitely struggle in the NFL. But I'll talk about that Mm -hmm. more later. Yeah, definitely. And I'm the same way. Just because I say I don't like a player, it's more based on uh, what the consensus view on him is. I'm just either lower or higher on the consensus for the most part. And then obviously there are going to be a few players where I'm just like, I do not like this player. And uh, one of them I'll talk about – Jalen Waddle. Yeah. I mean, not fit that consensus kind of ranking for me. Yeah. I mean, I've actually, though, it was interesting because I saw something today. I don't remember where it's from. I mean, I've seen more and more people like putting Elijah Moore ahead of Jalen Waddle. Like, I saw someone who was like, they did really just didn't see, like, Elijah Moore just seemed like better. And Elijah Moore and Jalen Waddle were like the same type of player, except Elijah Moore just seemed better at the, like, the stuff that he does. And I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like that's, exactly. does that kind of fit your evaluation? With a worse quarterback, too. Mm-hmm. With worse quarterback play. Yeah. And in SC, against SEC defenses still. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And that, that's, I mean, that's exactly what I'm saying. So, uh, we'll get into that. So, let's start with the quarterback position, Calvin. Who do you like from the quarterback position? Uh, I'm, I shouldn't even say, uh, I know who I like at the quarterback position. It's my QB one, Zach Wilson, because this guy, I know people love to exaggerate. I know people love to say Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, but I could see Zach Wilson being just that type of player because I mean, let's, we, we can talk about his other traits, but really what's driving this comparison 
is his arm. We're going to be honest. His arm is absolutely ridiculous. It's the best in this draft class. I think Justin Fields can come close, but then Justin Fields has some flaws that we'll talk about later that Zach Wilson doesn't have, mainly his pocket presence and pocket awareness in general. But yeah, Zach Wilson's arm is ridiculous. And I mean, he is also able to just place those deep balls perfectly into his receiver's hands. Very Patrick Mahomes-esque where he just drops it right in there and just flicks a pass 50 60 yards drops it right in and he's able to like he's not just constantly missing these deep balls like Daniel Jones was a lot <laughs> sorry Chris I mean I do think Daniel Jones has improved but I mean, I mean Daniel Jones was one of the most accurate deep ball quarterbacks in the NFL I mean I guess I'm sorry I'm mainly talking about his first season in the NFL so, yeah I probably should have clarified that's not really a fair comparison you're definitely right that Daniel Jones improved but yeah, um, I, 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 I get very defensive about Daniel Jones guys I mm. I see him Oh my goodness. I'm just waiting. I feel like this is the year where Daniel Jones breaks out. Okay. Yeah, I do too. No, I probably shouldn't have hated on Daniel Jones. I like Daniel Jones. Don't know really what yeah, I was. Anyways, continue. I don't know what I was talking about there, but um, Zach Wilson, he's accurate. He's mobile. He's elusive. I mean, it's a lot like Patrick Mahomes as well, where like Mahomes is mobile. He's not very physical and he doesn't run a ton. But, like, same with Zach Wilson. I really just see, like, a lot of Mahomes' characteristics here. He's 209 pounds, but, I mean, Mahomes' size isn't stellar either. He's aware in the pocket. I mean, the the main knock on him was that BYU's offensive line, especially against bad defenses, gave him all kinds of time in the pocket. But his awareness in general of the field, his ability to see the blitz once it came, makes me confident that he can still survive with shorter times to get rid of the ball. It might be a bit of a learning curve, but I think he'll be all right. Sometimes he doesn't make the greatest decisions either. Sometimes he'll just rely on his arm a little too much, but the same thing can be said about Mahomes. I heard, I saw something where Mahomes has like nine different dropped picks last year. He did get a little bit lucky with the picks and I'm not trying to knock Mahomes here, but there are some times when Mahomes just relies on his arm a little too much and he's still like the best quarterback in the NFL. So that's mm-hmm. not necessarily something I'm too worried about either. So I just mm-hmm. really love this guy overall. I have him over Trevor Lawrence just because I think his ceiling's a lot higher. I think there's going to be, a, it's going to be tough in his first year with the Jets because the Jets aren't that good of a team, but he might have sort of a Josh Allen type of career arc where he breaks out in year two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely have Trevor Lawrence as my number one because I trust him to be the, the more consistent guy. And I would much rather have him just as that pocket presence leader. And I feel like he could really end up being like the next Aaron Rodgers. But yeah, I definitely love Zach Wilson. He has so much breakout potential just because of his arm talent and his playmaking ability. I mean, he's so much like Mahomes in the way that he's able to get outside of the pocket and make throws that you wouldn't have even thought possible. I mean, if you they're unimaginably like unimaginable throws where he might be flinging it sidearm or he might be falling one way, you know, kind of like Mahomes does. And so I think that that's just really going to make Zach Wilson a difference maker and the Jets are going to be really happy with what they're getting. Who knows? Maybe that win, uh, I said this yesterday on the sports talk episode, but that win against the Rams, I can't remember which week it was, but they won against the Rams. And if they end up getting Zach Wilson because of that, which I assume they will, and Zach Wilson ends up being better. That could be go go down as one of the best wins in Jets hits history. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I mean that's definitely true. But I don't I don't think it's gonna be like as talked about just because Lawrence is gonna be I still think Lawrence is gonna be good. He's my clear QB two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, they're definitely my clear QB one and QB two as well. 
actually, I mean, I do think Justin Fields could have a better career than Lawrence. But yeah, I mean, I just, Lawrence is definitely my QB two. He's just such a polished player in general. There's not much to argue about with him. But, uh, oh, that's just something I was going to say that I slipped. Oh, yeah, I was going to tell you guys where you can find Second Goal Sports Talk. Just search up Second Goal Sports Talk on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at SG Sports Talk for updates about the show. We'll probably be streaming the first couple hours of the draft on Thursday. So just follow us for updates, and uh, you'll find out what's going on there. Uh, that mm-hmm. should be a lot of fun. That way we can go yeah. really in-depth to each of the players. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, I mean, we're doing that right now, but we'll have, like, 10 whole minutes in between picks to talk about one player. But mm-hmm. yep. uh, Javante – or I guess I'll, I'll save Javante Williams. Chris, you can talk about your quarterback that you really like uh, compared to their consensus. Uh, yeah, and that's Trey Lance. I just think that while he is a bit of a mystery going into this draft just because he hasn't played against great competition – He's such a good dual threat quarterback. And so uh, I think that makes him a really good option for a team. I just like him better than Justin Fields because I feel like his decision making is a little bit better and why he doesn't have maybe as good of footwork or maybe he doesn't, isn't as elusive. Um, I just trust his decision making more. And honestly, I think that, yes, Justin Fields would be great, but I don't trust him to make the throws that uh, I think Trey Lance can make. So. I just like Trey Lance a little bit better, and that that puts him in the light column for me, just because I think I have him higher than consensus would. So, would. okay, so wait, he would be your QB three. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Okay, that definitely means you like him more than consensus. I like it. I do like Trey Lance as well. I just think that Justin Fields is a more talented version, and I feel like I know you've definitely flip flopped back and forth about this for sure. Because I mean, it's tough to rank an Ohio State QB behind a Division two guy, but I t- totally understand where you're coming from as well. Mm-hmm. All right. My running back sleeper is someone we've talked about. Chris is someone we really haven't talked about just because he's such a deep sleeper, but you'll get to hear about him in a moment. My guy is Javante Williams, who I like more than Travis Etienne, just because Javante Williams is fantastic at breaking tackles. He had more than double the broken tackle rate of any other running back in the FBS. Just think about that. More than double the broken tackle rate of any other RB in the FBS. He is just built. He, he's built like solid steel. He runs people over. He just keeps barreling and barreling through and just slowly speeds up and speeds up. His acceleration is pretty good. His ability to like keep moving and like throw himself forward and keep his momentum is good. He's just not that fast and he isn't that great of a lateral runner. But um, I mean, those are just the two main knocks on Javante Williams. And uh, I just really, really like him. I think he's a guy who can, a guy sort of like, he's not the same player as Derrick Henry by any means, but he could be a guy like Henry where he just picks up like four yards on a two yard run or five yards on a three yard run and keeps up his yards per carry like that, just in that mm-hmm. sort of way. Yep. Mm-hmm, definitely. Yeah. I like Javante Williams as well, but I don't like him uh, like a ton compared to where consensus has him. I'm pretty much around consensus on the top three RB. So that's why my favorite guy, uh, one of my favorites from this RB class is Khalil Herbert. And uh, I think that he's very underrated. He could definitely be a, uh, uh, second day kind of um, running back. I think that he's he could definitely fall uh, go to a team in the third round that's looking for a for a running back. So uh, I think his talent is there. He was really good at Virginia Tech. His yards were incredible. Um, he's also a really good on the kickoff. So uh, I don't see why he can't perform at the NFL level. He's just incredible at making plays. And one of the biggest knocks on him when he transferred out of Kansas to Virginia Tech was his speed. But his speed was just it just improved so much. He was incredible. He learned to turn the corner really well. So I think he's a really talented running back and he showed a lot of growth, which is good for NFL teams because they want to see a player that can develop. 
Yeah, and then like Chris said, he's from Virginia Tech. You might not even know who he is. He, you probably don't. He's probably going to be a day three guy. But yeah, like Chris said, a really good deep sleeper that we haven't really talked about yet, but probably should be. Um. All right. So I'll move on to my wide receiver, and I mean this guy is a guy that people like a lot, and it's Devonte Smith. I mean, I know I, I can't really say like Devonte Smith is a my guy, but so many people like to fade Devonte Smith because of his size because of his weight, because of his BMI, blah, blah, blah. First wide receiver in 29 years to win the Heisman, played against SEC defenses at Alabama, picked up 23 touchdowns in a COVID-shortened season, and guess what? Didn't get hurt. I know there's some questions about his injuries, but he didn't get hurt playing against SEC defenses. It's I guess it's possible he becomes someone like Will Fuller who gets hurt a lot because of his size, but I mean... This guy's a really, really good player. I could easily see an argument for a wide receiver one ahead of Jamar Chase. I haven't really delved into that debate just because I don't really think it matters that much who you have higher just because the landing spot matters so much for them. But, like, I mean, Mm -hmm. I might even, like, if I delve deeper into it, I might decide that I have Devontae Smith ahead of Jamar Chase just because he's such a good player. I mean, we've sort of taken it as a given on the podcast that he is pretty high in rankings, but I've definitely seen a lot lately where people drop him down a lot. And I really, I just would advise you guys to ignore that people who have him at like wide receiver seven. I mean, you can still value their opinions, but ignore that particular piece of information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love Devonte Smith as well. Uh, so if I would, I, I mean, he's definitely in my like column as well, but I have another guy that I like a ton and I've been harping on a lot. So I'll talk about him, but uh yeah, Devontae Smith is really talented, and like you said, Calvin, we haven't seen a wide receiver win the Heisman in 29 years. That's got to mean something, and I love what you said there about the fact that he didn't get injured, so people can't keep knocking him for injuries where he literally didn't even get injured, so, you know, <laughs> that's just, uh, it's he's going to be a really fun player to watch, and I mean, he reads defenses like a veteran. That's one of the biggest things I harped on when I was doing uh, my rookie profile for him. His ability to read zones is just great, and uh, it looks like he's been in the league for 10 years. So I think that he can have a very long career because he showed that he's not going to get injured a ton or anything. So I'm really excited about what Devontae Smith brings to the table for any team, and that's why uh, he's one of my favorite picks for the Giants at number 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it was looking up uh, just to make I uh, I was looking up Devonte Smith injury history. I was trying to look up like his previous seasons. And yes, he actually did get hurt in the college football playoff championship, but it was a oh, hand injury. So <laughs> that doesn't right. really yeah, count. a hand injury. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah I, I that I don't really think that's gonna uh, I haven't really heard anything that that's really gonna affect him that much. I don't he didn't actually end up having his pro day, but he'll be fine for training camp. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I don't think he needs a pro day. He proved enough on the field through his 23 touchdowns. NFL scouts should have enough film on him. 23 touchdowns. That's ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. I know he's small, but this guy's clearly an outlier. When you're the first player in 29 years to win a Heisman at your position, like, I don't really yeah, think and we... he... oh, When he gets the ball in his hands, it's so fun to watch. And, uh, See, this, I... is, this is why analytics and film both matter. I mean, and Kellen, can you imagine the combination of Kenny Galladay and Devontae Smith? Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that'd be ridiculous. It, it could be possible though for the Giants. I mean, I think we I mocked know. it. It's very possible. That's what's great about the Giants have a very 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 good pick at number 11. I'd say. When I say mocked, I mean did a mock draft. We didn't mock the pick. We like mm-hmm. did a mock draft about it. Yeah. But <laughs> I mean, 
Oh, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think this is why like analytics and film both matter. I'm not one of those guys who's like, analytics aren't real. Like, I'm not going to knock analytics because I mean, I know a lot of people like to say analytics aren't real and film is king. They both mm-hmm. matter a lot. And analytics are really, really good to just identifying trends. And sometimes you watch a guy on the field and are like, oh, this guy's really good. I don't understand why people don't like him. And then you're like, but you have to look at the analytics. You look at the trends. Oh, people like him with his late breakout age and his low dominator rating didn't tend to succeed in the NFL. That's really, really important. But when you just rely solely on analytics, you're like, oh, well, Devontae Smith is 166 pounds and nobody's ever succeeded at that weight. First of all, his playing weight was like 170 that doesn't really matter when nobody else has ever done what he did in that one season in 30 years. Well, I mean, and shadow Chosinko, you know, he's a, he's a guy that did so. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's not as, I like, I like the Chad Ochocinco, the Marvin Harrison comps. I mean, Neither if of them he are as light as, as Chad Ochocinco or Marvin Harrison, then he's done great. Had a, had a great year. If you could guarantee a guy like Chad Ochocinco at number 11 for a team like the giants, I would be extremely happy. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm just saying <laughs> that, uh, they're, they're not like as light as Devonta Smith, but my point was mm-hmm. just mainly that film is good at finding those outliers like Derek yeah. Henry. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. So you're a wide receiver. We, we all know you talk about this every, every episode, every chance you get to bring him up. Elijah Moore is the guy you really like at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I was on him at the very beginning of the year. I had him literally labeled in my mock thing as a late first rounder to early second rounder when people had him going in like the third. Now he's suddenly skyrocketed up draft boards, So I don't look as, as bold with my take, but I absolutely loved Elijah Moore. The moment I started watching film on him, his footwork is just absolutely incredible. And then when he gets the ball in his hands, he is so elusive. He does a good job of catching the ball too, catches away from his body. He checks off pretty much all the things I'm looking for footwork route running is really good uh he can work a little bit on finishing out some of his routes and yes he could use a little bit of work against press coverage but he is really talented and he's going to be a really good slot receiver i love my comparison that i made of him to tyler Lockett because i think he could totally function in the same role he is dangerous when he gets the ball in his hands and he's really good at finding a spot to get it there so uh i think that he could be a really fun tool for any nfl offense to have i love i love uh, elijah Moore going into this draft and honestly like I think that he should be a definitely a 20. He should be picked in that 20 to 30 range. There are some later teams that could use a wide receiver. Yeah, I like it. I like the Tyler Lockett comp as well. Um, just like that explosive type of slot receiver. He His size is a concern, but I don't really think it matters if he plays solely in the slot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, he checks off all the boxes, like you said. Um, mm-hmm. So for, for tight end, we have both of us just said Kyle Pitts because I mean, obviously, so we can move on from that. Let's go to the guys that we dislike. And uh, Chris, you can start this time. Let's go with your quarterback that, I mean, I don't think you like dislike, I, You tell, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think you like super dislike this guy, but just compared to his consensus ranking and compared to how he might go number three, I don't really think you like him as much. Yeah, I don't, I don't like Mac Jones. And I just, while he is somewhat talented, his accuracy at times is really good, but it can also struggle a little bit. I mean, he's been a little bit inconsistent. And when you really have no legs, no mobility like Mac Jones, I mean, he has a little bit, but pretty much none. Uh, I don't think that that you can have inconsistencies in your accuracy. You need to be probably the most, or the most, or at least the second most accurate quarterback uh, in the draft. And I just don't trust um, Mac Jones to end up being that accurate. 
And I mean, the NFL is totally shifting towards a dual threat quarterback league where your quarterback has to be able to run and Mac Jones isn't going to be able to do that. The only reason I have him going around 15 is because I know that Bill Belichick loves to work with pocket passers, but I really don't think that he could develop pretty much anywhere else because I think that most offenses are going to eventually shift over to a scheme where you're going to have the quarterback uh, running and getting outside the pocket a lot more than Mac Jones is capable of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, Bill Belichick, we know he loved Jimmy Garoppolo. Reports have been coming out about that. Obviously, we know he loves Tom Brady. But uh, yeah, it's that's why Mac Jones could go there potentially. I do think you're knocking him a little too much on accuracy because aside from his pro day, he really was a very accurate player. And I think he's one of the most polished pocket passers we've seen in a while. But I can understand that since it's the NFL shifting to a dual threat league, he might not have success, although I think he'll do pretty well. Mm hmm. Yeah, he'll be good. He'll be solid right away, I think. Like in year one, he'll be pretty good. And then mm-hmm. he might not improve that. Yeah, much. Uh, to go off on a little bit of a tangent, Calvin. Did you hear that Bill Belichick considered joining the Giants once they had a head coaching vacancy? I heard that he was considering leaving the Patriots, but I did not hear he was considering going to the Giants. Yeah, that would have been crazy for Daniel Jones' development. Yeah. Oh, and here's nice, another. I mean, we ended up getting Joe Judge anyway, who's turned out to be really good. But yeah, pretty funny. But yeah, back to Mac Jones. Uh, I think that he could be pretty much the only place where I think that he could fit and prosper is in that Patriots organization. So for his sake, that's where I hope he ends up. Oh, another tangent, please. I saw this thing like uh, from Ball Blast Football on Twitter. If you want, we could just do this real quick. It says, build your dream roster with $12. And it has like quarter from from the 2020 and 2021 draft classes. So if you think we, if you want to, we could do that, or we could, I don't know, move on if you want. Hmm. Say it again. Build your dream roster with twelve dollars using only players from the twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one draft classes. It has one dollar guys, two dollar guys, three dollar guys, and four dollars. Sure. Guys. Okay. So at quarterback, one dollar is Mac Jones, two dollars is Tua, three is Trevor Lawrence, four is Justin Herbert. At running back, one dollar is Chuba Hubbard, two is Kenneth Gainwell, three is Travis Etienne, four is Jonathan Taylor. Wide receiver, Henry Ruggs is one, LaVisca Chenault is two, Jamar Chase is three, Justin Jefferson is four, and Flex, Rondale Moore is one, Zach Moss is two, Kyle Pitts is three, and CeeDee Lamb is four. Cost more and how much do you get? Pitts. 12 bucks? Yeah. Okay. This is pretty easy go, for me. I'll go ahead and take Trevor Lawrence mm-hmm. for $3. I get 12 bucks for three dollar or for four dollars i will take jonathan taylor okay for two dollars i will take lavisca chenault and uh who was the flex options again kyle pitts uh, is three uh zach moss is two rondo moore is one those are the guys you can afford oh yeah kyle pitts <laughs> i think i will i would either do that or i would go lawrence three etn three jamar chase three kyle pitts three i don't think really think you can go wrong with either of those mm-hmm I don't know if I running like, back's going to matter as much. Also, to me. So I'm willing to upgrade from uh, from ETN to Jonathan Taylor to get Chanel. Or, okay. Or, All right. Fair enough. So yeah, we just that that was fun. Did that real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, <some> little. <laughs> this is just a little random thing, you know. This is how sometimes our episodes go, guys. We kind of just do it as uh as we find it. So we'll just be looking up something and then find that kind of fun. It's good. I love those little like you have so much money to make a team because it really think, makes you think about what positions you need, you know, and. Out what the value of different players is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that was we haven't actually done like, I don't know. Yeah, we I I do like those as well. Mm-hmm. 
and I yeah, think we should find one that, that that could be a little fun thing to maybe do every two episodes. Yeah, if, if people make that, yeah, I'm, I've seen a lot of them out there. So if we mm-hmm. can find one yeah. for every show, that'd be great. But yeah, that was uh, you can f- find that on Twitter. Find the graphic in case you didn't want to memorize. That's what I was gonna say. Like, if case you didn't want to memorize all the ones we just said, you can go at ballblastfb on Twitter and then just go find that, and then you can look at the graphic and decide mm-hmm. whether we think our picks are right or wrong. Yep. Okay. 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 Back to the show. Um, you said Elijah, or no, wait, well, I'm behind. Well, yeah, you said Elijah more before, and then you talked about how you didn't like Mac Jones. And mm-hmm. so, um, yeah, I, I thought it was, a, oh yeah. Cause we skipped Kyle Pitts. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Right back. Now I'll do my quarterback. And this is a guy I really see his talent and I have come to like him a little bit more, but just compared to consensus, I feel like Justin Fields is not in the top two quarterbacks. He's number three but just because of his pocket awareness, his pocket presence. And I've said this so many times and I'm just repeating myself over and over, but I mean, his pocket presence is not like the other four quarterbacks in this draft class. He's not really aware of when the blitz gets to him. He either leaves the pocket too soon or stays in too long. And while he is a really, really smart person, I just don't know if that's something you can teach. That's sort of feel for the game. And that's why I'm a little bit concerned about Justin Fields. Obviously, he has an insane arm. It's almost as good, if not as good, as Zach Wilson's arm. He's insane mm-hmm. and as a runner. Like, he can be a guy who runs the read option and just ha- does some run-first plays. And he's really elusive. Not that physical, but, I mean, he has all the physical traits you're looking for. Just his feel for the game is a little bit questionable. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Um... Then we've got four guys left. My running back is Travis Etienne, who I talked about. And I think I have him as my running back three. A lot of people have him as two or one. I just disagree because I'm just a little concerned about his physicality. And I'm a little bit concerned about how patient he is. That's not necessarily a bad thing. If he gets a good O-line, he could be like a Le'Veon Bell type player if he gets a good O-line. But he need if he gets a bad one, he's going to have trouble waiting for this holes. And while his vision is really good, it's not something that's going to totally compensate for that because he just doesn't tend – he doesn't hit the – sometimes he doesn't hit a hole quite as quickly as he could have, which might hurt him. That split second is – the difference is sometimes all it takes for the defensive line to get to you and turn a mm-hmm. three or four – a four-yard gain into a one-yard gain. And I just think while he has a good home run speed, he's also not that physical. So he might, doesn't really – fit the full prototype of a three down back for me. Although I could definitely still see him having a very, very good career. Yep. I agree. All right. So your running back is Chuba Hubbard, who you like less than consensus. Yeah. I mean, he had a huge breakout season uh, two years ago, and then he really regressed this year, despite running behind Tevin Jenkins, who's one of the best offensive tackles in the class. He just didn't produce the way he did two years ago. And, uh, I don't like to see that sudden drop off in production where he really just looked like an average running back. I think his stock is being held up by what he did two years ago. So I don't trust him to do a ton in this, in the NFL. I think that he's going to slowly just fall out of the league. And I think that he's going to go down, not as a massive bust, but as someone that just didn't form into the potential that we at one time thought they had. So I don't love Chuba Hubbard, but uh, I mean, he showed some incredible running ability two years ago there's definitely a chance for him to do really well, but I just don't think it's coming. He didn't look that great last year. All right. That's definitely fair. I mean, so we're going to go to wide receivers tight end. We're not really going to talk about, cause there's only mm-hmm. three that really matter and they are valued correctly for the most part, yeah. but wide receiver, this is a guy I haven't really talked about. And it's not like, again, I like him less the consensus. I still think he could be good, but I feel like Rondale Moore is going to be that this guy, th- this year's version of the 
get this guy. Let's get the next Tyree kill. He's going to be the McCall Hardman of this year. He's going to be the Jalen Rager of this year because he's fast, but he's, I mean, he's fast, but he's really, I know his size is definitely a problem and he's smaller than Elijah Moore. He's smaller than pretty much everyone in this class, except Devonte Smith and Tutu Atwell. And I know I just talked about how Devonte Smith's size doesn't matter, but Rondale Moore isn't like that crazy, crazy route runner, crazy, crazy guy, like go, go up and get a ball. And he does, that's not really what he does. He's more of a slot guy. And when you're like, I feel like teams are going to have to reach. There's going to be one team that reaches on him because of his speed, because speed is always valued in the NFL. And there's like, like I said, there's that guy who goes too early because of the speed. There always is. I think he got a 4.28 40 yard dash Henry Ruggs. He could be like a Henry Ruggs, like a Jalen Raker, like a, uh, the other guy I said, McCall Hardman, just Mm -hmm. a guy who's going to be reached on because of his speed. He's a really good player. He can run routes and he's very, very, very explosive. 4.29 40. But I mean, only 180 pounds, only five foot seven. He's not a guy you can throw the ball up to and let him go get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I, yeah, I mean, it's, that's the thing. Like that's where analytics can come in. Like Rondé mm-hmm. Moore looks really good on film, but analytics help you to point out some flaws. Like they point out the flaws in his game where he can't really go up yeah. and get it. Like his size. Mm-hmm. And yeah, his, I think yeah. this is one where, where the size is actually really limiting him because I feel like he could really do well as an outside receiver. But I don't trust him too with his size. So, uh, just not a player that I particularly like. He's obviously got great playmaking ability, but I don't trust that it's going to transfer to the NFL. All right. Yeah, I mean, I agree. But your guy, we know about this guy. But let's wrap up the show with Jalen Waddle. who – so you're going – are you officially going Elijah Moore over Jalen Waddle? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is I will go Elijah Moore over Jalen Waddle. I absolutely hate Jalen Waddle, though his playmaking ability is great. I don't trust him to get the ball into his hands. He's an okay route runner at best, and his hands are just not good. He's not going to be able to catch 50-50 balls against NFL corners. Every single catch he makes, he's bringing the ball into his body, which is a major red flag for me. NFL DBs are going to have a, a, a heyday just punching that ball out every time he gets the ball in his hands. So I'm not excited to see what Jalen Waddle does because I don't think that he's going to have the ball in his hands to do what he, what he can do, and so – um, I don't like him for whichever team he goes to. Not someone I'm looking for in in rookie drafts or in uh, or for my Giants to pick. If the Giants pick Jalen Waddle, I will just be so sad. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, if they what if they went Elijah Moore at eleven? Would you be mad that they didn't trade back, or would you be relieved that they didn't take Jalen Waddle? If they went what Elijah Moore at number eleven? Just a hypothetical that would never happen. <laughs> I would be okay with it. Okay, I, I but I I feel like. There's got to be one of Devontae Smith or Rayshon Slater available. So that, I don't know. All right. Yeah, I mean, make sure to go check out our uh, live sports talk show at SG Sports Talk. You can find it on Twitter. Click the link in the description. You can rewatch our final mock draft show from yesterday or from Saturday, two days ago, from when this podcast released. We did a mock draft of the first round, and then we did a brief Giants mock draft for seven rounds. And Chris was very happy with how his Giants turned out in that mock. But, yeah, you should go check that out. Go mm-hmm. watch. Subscribe, send us questions on Twitter at SGF Pod, follow our personals at Calvin underscore SGF at Chris underscore SGF. Email questions, second goal fantasy at gmail.com, uh, second goal sports talk at gmail.com. You can email us. If you want us to guest on your show, email us, contact us on Twitter. My DMs are always open. So uh, just as long as you're not a total weirdo, I'll probably go on your show. <laughs> but um, thank you for listening, everyone. This was fun.
Mm-hmm. Good episode. It's fun. All the right. tight ends are always an intriguing position because they can really build an offense, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was good to talk about those and then review our guys just to call our shots right now. Mm-hmm. Call our shots. we got to get them in, guys, so that you guys know where we stood and we can see. How After the draft... We got some more great fantasy episodes coming. We'll be doing your just full rookie draft preview after the draft with the new landing spots. Then after that, we'll be getting into mainly some redraft talk, also some dynasty, but uh, the show will become more redraft focused again as we head into the summer. Uh, I think, Chris, do you want to do, I think, did we say we were going to do that thing where we like record our 10 boldest takes and play them back at the end of the year? I think that'd be really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we definitely should do that. Yeah, so we'll probably do that one per episode as we head towards the NFL season, like the last 10 off-season episodes, and then, mm-hmm. or maybe the last 11 and in the last one we review them all. But um, yeah, I think that should be fun. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, thanks for listening, everyone, and we'll see you next time.